Hi, this is Tom Johnson, and you're listening to another podcast from I'dRatherBeWriting.com. Today, this post is called How to Become a 10x Technical Writer in the Workplace. It's actually a revision of a previous post that I just wasn't very happy with. Here's the summary. How do you become a 10x technical writer in the workplace? 10x means 10 times more efficient and capable than others. In this post, I raise the question and then offer a few tips that I try to follow. Some of these tips are record your meetings with engineers, respond quickly to emails and messages, iterate on content with ever-expanding layers of reviewers, If somebody asks you to do something, put some work back onto them to distribute the work. And finally, learn to say no so that you can focus on fewer projects with deeper engagement. Let me provide a little bit of background on this topic. Uh, The term 10x engineer, pronounced 10x, just written 10x, is sometimes used to describe engineers who are 10 times more productive than other engineers. It describes someone who is simply more efficient and capable and accomplishes more than others. The Silicon Valley Dictionary explains it as follows, quote, 10X engineer is a concept sometimes used in Silicon Valley to describe an engineer that is 10 times more productive than an average engineer. Although the 10X metric is figurative. Sometimes referred to as ninjas, these engineers are highly sought after by all tech companies. Uh, And they give an example usage. Jim, you gave me 100 resumes, but none of these guys are 10x engineers. Why hire a few of these guys to slow us down when a 10x engineer is so much more productive? And I have another link for more information. So what has prompted my interest in becoming a 10x technical writer? Well, lately I feel like I've kind of let my edge slip a bit at work. I don't feel as influential and effective in the workplace as I sometimes feel online through my blog and podcast. And I'll return to this idea a bit later in this post, specifically in tip number five. But to get moving towards this 10x goal, let me throw out a few simple strategies first. And just as a note, in case you were reading the earlier version of this post, uh, in the earlier version, I had used the term Rockstar instead of 10X, but then some commenters pointed out that Rockstar is actually a gendered term that puts some people off in job ads and other other, uh, contexts. So I like 10X better anyway, because it seems to more closely align with this larger desire I have towards increased productivity, not necessarily increased notoriety. Um, Also, in this revision of the post, I expand in many places, pretty much doubling the length and replacing one of the tips. Um, All right, let's jump into this. Tip number one, record your meetings with engineers. All right, so with developer documentation projects, Engineers can quickly jump into excessive jargon and assumptions about your technical knowledge and your familiarity with with code or the product. It can be like a fire hose of information that's just too overwhelming to comprehend fully at the time, at least not the extent that I could just write documentation after meeting with them. Um, 
if you can't absorb the information in a meeting, you're going to have to set up more meetings with the engineers. Their patience will tire. You might need to just rack your brain for all the details that you've forgotten, throw yourself into all kinds of research. So what's the solution for more productive meetings with these engineers? Record the meetings. When I record meetings with engineers, I can go back over what they say numerous times and slowly piece the details together. Most online meeting tools, for example, Chime, have a record function and in-person meeting tools like Evernote also provide recording capabilities built directly into the editor. If I have to delay a project for a while, having the recording to listen to allows me to refresh my memory perfectly even after weeks of focusing on other projects. Uh, almost no one objects to being recorded and when I produce documentation that, that, that recalls all the details at a perfectly granular level, SMEs are really impressed. I remember one meeting I had with a product manager at a gamification startup company, the first company I worked at in the Bay Area. This product manager was a former engineer and he outlined a complicated technical concept that was over my head at the time, but I recorded it with Evernote and my only task was really to write up a, a single topic in the documentation covering this concept, but I leveraged the recording quickly to generate the documentation. It allowed me to get the technical terms and the phrasing just right. And when I showed it to the PM, he was really impressed at how accurate and on target the doc was from just one short meeting. Now, ideally, I personally would like to get more expert at pulling information out of engineers' heads in the same way that I, that I sort of perceive storyteller podcasters, people like Ira Glass uh, with This American Life and other general interest shows, the way they pull information out of interviewees in a story format, if you've listened to these shows before. So theoretically, all the needed knowledge for writing docs is pretty much inside the engineer's head, but it often comes out in just random structures and tangents and ways that are hard to understand. I want to learn to shape and control that information that I pull out of the engineer's heads so that essentially I can just clean up my recorded notes and turn them into documentation. It's a dream, I know. And granted, these storyteller podcasters, they shape and edit and they rearrange the clips of their interviewees for hours to construct this shape of the story. But they have a clear shape in mind, and it seems they naturally evoke the needed details to paint this story arc. I think doc interviews could work the same way. If I could focus on the shape of the documentation that I'm going for ahead of time, asking, you know, what goals do these users have and what prerequisites must they have in place? And can you give me a demo? And how do you evaluate the result? And what could go wrong? Those kind of questions would naturally fill in the shape of documentation. All right, so moving past recording engineer meetings, let's go on to tip number two. Respond quickly to emails and messages. In short, become responsive. The quicker I respond to emails and messages, the more people feel connected and listened to. Even if I respond in a terse way, logging the issue as a ticket for further work later, this responsiveness helps build rapport and trust. In fact, knowing that often the faster I respond, the less detail I need to include 
can be a motivator for responding quickly. Also, my kids tell me that with texts, lengthy responses are a sign that I am getting old. They also don't use punctuation. My 18-year-old daughter gets freaked out if I use periods in texts. She says it makes me look formal and angry. I'm not quite sure how to respond quickly to email and messages without losing some efficiency and flow with my current tasks. I know some productivity experts recommend that you shut down email, that you block out all other distractions so you can focus, and yet prompt responses seem to really improve relationships and communication so much that I'm hesitant to just let messages sit and easily get buried and forgotten. I've noticed that I think people seem to reach out to me more at work, um, in part become because I come across as approachable and in part because I respond. People message me all the time through Chime, especially younger engineers, uh, and as a result, I've learned to feel more comfortable reaching out to them as well. And this increased communication flow surely plugs into productivity equations since learning to get information from others and quickly interacting with various people to find the right resources or contacts you need can be huge in terms of its productivity boost. In my mind, a 10x technical writer, especially at a big company with thousands of people, is a person who can figure out who to contact, in which department, about various resources or access or permissions or other knowledge, and can do this in a fast way, navigating messaging and email. This communication, especially prompt communication and exchanges, this is at the heart of productivity. One more last little note. In a previous post that I wrote about motivating users to provide feedback, I noted that Prompt replies to incoming feedback encourages users to share more, especially as they're usually still in the midst of some challenge and will often provide more details and ask additional questions. This email exchange builds a relationship of trust, but if you let days build up before responding, the conversation dies. People lose interest. All right, moving on to tip number three. Iterate on content with ever-expanding layers of reviewers. Writing docs for complex content requires a few iterations to get right. Once I get the right SMEs reviewing the, con reviewing the content, I try to take them through several rounds of reviews and edits before I get to the needed level. Most of my documents go through half a dozen or more SME reviews before they're ready for distribution. First drafts are almost always poor, but by the time I get to versions seven and eight, the content looks solid. I try to go in with the assumption that I'm gonna be generating lots of drafts before I get this content right. And for the first draft, I don't spend too much time on language and granular details. I make sure that I have the general shape and content chunking right. Most of the time I talk SMEs through what I've written in the first draft rather than having them painfully read it so that I can gauge whether I have the puzzle pieces in the right order. Many times I don't have the fundamental shape right and I'm glad, I'm glad that I didn't spend more time finessing the content. Now getting engineers to review these docs is only the first step. After engineers approve it, 
Then I expand the audience to include the product manager and then the field engineers and then the support team. The circles of reviewers grow wider and wider. Now, of course, more perspectives usually enrich the doc by providing more feedback. And while my primary purpose is to strengthen the information and remove any gaps or inaccuracies, I'm also making others aware of the documentation, aware of my role as an information producer, and aware of the value I'm adding here to the company. Now, this awareness builds trust and lets others know just how to contact me when they have a doc-related issue or request. In short, expanding the circles of feedback in these reviews expands my own influence in the company, moving me more towards the 10x technical writer. For more on iterative doc development, I have a whole uh, essay of the, on this topic in my series on simplifying complexity. This is principle nine, iterate and increment on content following, following an agile approach. And by the way, just one last note here. When I review content with SMEs, I rarely give them more than one to two topics to review at a time. I've never met a SME who has the bandwidth to get through dozens of pages of content to review. They just don't. Also, although I'll often include email groups that contain long lists of people, for example, all field engineers or all support teams, I don't expect much feedback from blanket requests like this. In order to get real feedback, I single people out and specifically ask them to review the content. All right, tip number four. If someone asks you to do something, put some work back on them to distribute the work. My colleague once gave me this tip and I think it's golden. Many times you will encounter people whose job it is merely to check boxes and make sure that your work gets done. At my work, we call these people technical program managers. And it seems like all they want to do is check a box indicating that the documentation and everything else for the project is complete. Now, I know their role has a lot more merit that I'm not really acknowledging here. But these people can be kind of annoying because they don't seem to add much value other than to goad me to finish the work. And they just hope to hear that much-awaited phrase, yes, docs are complete box checked. Um, now my colleague says that when people ask you to do something, find a way to put some of the work back on them. For example, you can ask a technical program manager to review some of the content, or you can note that you need help tracking down an unknown SME in order to gather certain information, or you can ask for more information about user profiles and environments you'll find that as soon as you start putting some work back on these people, asking them to do something, they often disappear. It's really ingenious. But now you may be asking, well, how does this help you become a 10X technical writer? Aren't you just trying to get out of work with this tactic? Not at all. To be a 10X technical writer, you can't try to do everything yourself. The ability to delegate and distribute the work factors into efficiency and productivity strategies. I've found that if I do put some of the work back on others and they do it, this effort actually shows a lot of sincerity about their requests for the documentation. 
Now, one time or one story from my Mormon past um, stands out of, stands out uh, here to me. All right, this story. There was once a visiting church leader, an area authority, who came to a congregation to evaluate the leadership or to meet with the leadership. As he entered the chapel, he found the local leader was there and he was putting away all the chairs by himself. The next day, this visiting area authority released the local lord, the local leader from his position. Why? Because any leader that tries to do everything himself without delegating and distributing tasks to others, even a task as simple as folding chairs, is sure to fail. So this this story has always stuck with me. Uh, I think I do have a tendency with doc projects and other projects to want to do everything myself. That's one of my character weaknesses, I believe. I don't trust that others will do things, or if they will do them, I don't trust that they'll do them the correct way. By pushing back on people who throw tasks at my feet and giving them some work, it's my way of trying to distribute and delegate the work so that I don't become this person who is folding all the chairs myself. All right. Tip number five, learn to say no so you can focus on fewer projects with deeper engagement. Now let's get to the heart of the matter. What is preventing me from becoming a 10x technical writer in the workplace? Aren't I implementing all of these nifty tips? Yes, more or less, but the above tips, they don't really get to what is at the heart of this issue nor do they explain why I felt that I'd lost my edge at work. Without going into too many details, the issues center around bandwidth and resources. We lost a couple of writers, and with various reorganizations and shifting managers, our team was basically cut in half, but our project load stayed the same. I felt like I had less and less time to go in-depth with any project. I started working more to compensate, even sacrificing some weekends, but it seemed that the work never ended. We had an open wreck to fill, but the hiring process was so difficult and onerous, we didn't make much progress. A while ago, uh, I attended an internal techcom conference in Seattle where Ann Gentle was actually the keynote speaker. And later, Ann attended some of the sessions. During one session that we had both attended, the presenter, who's a technical writer, explained how she attends every project meeting. She logs bugs. She provides input on design and the feature roadmap. She keeps pace with the sprints, making sure the doc always reflects the latest work, even if the code changes from sprint to sprint. This writer was fully immersed and engaged with the team. She was firing on all cylinders to contribute in every way. After the presentation, Anne said that this person was the classic 10x technical writer. I'd never actually heard the word 10x before to describe someone, but this adjective fit the presenter perfectly. Uh, I asked the 10x writer if she was the sole writer embedded with a somewhat small engineering team or if she was part of a centralized writing group that provided docs for lots of different engineering teams. Of course, it was the former and not the latter. I'm fairly persuaded that the path to becoming a 10x technical writer can rarely be achieved in a writing group that is centralized. 
And by centralized, I mean you're on a tech writing team that provides docs for 20 plus engineering teams throughout the organization and you bounce from group to group as they near releases and have documentation needs. To become a 10x technical writer, you have to limit your scope, focusing in on a few projects with greater depth. You have to ramp up on a product, becoming a SME. You build test apps. You push tasks through the whole process from end to end. You work closely with engineers, logging bugs and providing insight on the roadmap. You profile and interact with the users and maybe even participate in usability testing. You immerse yourself learning the industry technology and you keep up with both internal and external news related to the product. You can't do all of this if you have many, many projects. You can only do it if you limit your scope to just a few projects. If you have many, many projects and you're constantly shifting from one team to the next without any real continuity, when you're always coming in as an outsider, like the incoming Santa Claus tech writer, Saint Tech Writer that Larry Koontz once wrote about in a wonderful post, uh, this Santa Claus tech writer comes in at the last minute, the night before Christmas, swooping in from seemingly nowhere to write docs for a poorly designed app. He saves the day with docs that clarify and illuminate processes that engineers failed to make simple. Uh, You really just can't provide this level of engagement when you come in like this as the outside Santa Claus at the last minute, when you're called in from project to project like this uh, without being able to engage on a more immersive, lengthy, deeper, deep level. So if you want to become a 10x technical writer, I think you have to reduce your scope so that you can go deeper, right? If so, the questions become as follows. How do you say no to projects in order to reduce your scope? How do you get the resources you need to expand when needed? How do you immerse yourself in another team when you're an outsider? These are all questions for which I have few answers. However, I have noticed a few interesting trends happening. We did start saying no to some projects last year, and lo and behold, the teams, after a number of months started creating job ads or job recs for technical writers to join their teams to write this needed documentation. This happened in at least two uh, of these groups in my organization. Had we continued to say yes to every project and to run ourselves ragged, I'm pretty sure these positions might have never been opened. Simply saying no led product owners to eventually admit that they needed to fund a position to do the work. If you want to be a 10x technical writer, I'm convinced that you have to learn to say no in order to focus your efforts on fewer projects in deeper ways. What are your tips? I'd like to hear what your tips are for being a 10x technical writer at work. What are you doing to be more productive in your tech comm role? I want to hear your insights and strategies. Part of the cool cool thing about being a blogger with lots of visibility is that I can gain tons of insight from people so feel free to add comments and share with me in other ways through email or twitter or linkedin or write the doc slack again my name is tom johnson 
You can find more at I'dRatherBeWriting.com. Thanks for listening.